but even be deceived. Say, so, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm just saying, when I go down through a list and I look at the last 20 years, from 2000 to where we are in 2021, these last 21 years, there's a lot that is more prophetic in coming to pass. But because it's declared in one generation and it's not coming in that, we teased a while back there was a thing coming with the moons and everything else, and I put it up on the sign out there, and they were saying, oh, it's a rapture, and these other guys, Harold, I can't remember the guy's name right now, but this is coming, this is it, so I put it up out there. Come this Sunday and see who got left behind. It was a joke. Uh, Harold Camping. Harold Camping was his name. He's the same reason that he's the same guy that wrote the book 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Missed it by that much. Amen. But people thought that and all kinds of different things. What I'm saying is, is that there, there's a lot of things that line up with that. But as Christian church, if we don't listen to God and understand what God is doing in the earth and we don't live ready and on the edge. The Bible says this is not the day to be casual in your walk with God. Can't live on casual corner. And COVID made a lot of people really casual. Because now, through TV, through everything else, we read it to you last week, don't forsake what? The assembling of yourselves together. Even the more so as you see the day approaching. Amen? Amen? But now by technology, I, I can call watching online. I can call watching TV assembling. But I can't, we're not assembled unless we touch. Unless we connect. Are you doing all right? So, so God made the body to be connected, not to be viewed. We do that, but, and, and, and they're seen to use that, but that's not the alternative. So now I'm very casual about that. And everything in God's gotten casualer and casualer and casualer. But the devil's not casual. He's aggressive and he's a destroyer. Amen? And so I believe God has given us a wake-up call. Could you say amen? amen. Uh, I can't give all this. Let me get back to what I'm supposed to be preaching on. Let me read the, look at the second page in your outline there. There's a promise of the new that follows it came to pass. And I'll close with this. You can read the rest of this on your own. Hebrews 12 tells us that Jesus knew that his life at the cross had come, that, that his life and the cross he had come to endure had come to pass. Jesus knew, I came here for this reason, and this is before me, and it came to pass. I'm going through this. I'm, that's why it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured. Who for the joy that was set before him, keeping his eye fixed on the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. <coughs> Despised the shame, endured the cross, and made it through. So hold, get this. He had his eyes fixed on the joy that was before him. Keep your eyes fixed on the joy that is before you. All else has come to pass. Listen to the Message Bible, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way. All these veterans cheering us on. It means we get, we'd better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. Never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Wow. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we are in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. 
cross, shame, whatever. Now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Amen. He's going, come on, I endured, I made it through, because my eyes and my focus are fixed on the hope. This is all coming to pass. In some way or another, we'll have to learn the difference between trusting the gift and trusting the giver. The gift may be good for a while, but the giver is the eternal love. Of, is, is the eternal love. And whenever in your life or mine some spring of earthly and outward resources dried up, it has been that we might learn that our hope and help are in God who made heaven and earth, F.B. Meyer said. There are seasons in life that cause all of us to have questions, doubts, and even fears at times. But these are the times when our faith becomes the strongest, our assurance moves from the temporal thing we can see with our eye to the eternal thing we can only see by faith. It is in these times that our souls must learn to lean upon the one who never fails. There are seasons when the deep-seated resolve of our fight is established, and we purpose in our hearts to never be moved off of our confidence in God, His Word, His love, and the power of His grace towards us who believe. Can you say amen? amen. Stay anchored in God. You know, I've been listening to it the last couple of days, and so I asked him to pull it up. Pastor Cole, when he preached, I mentioned to him, and he mentioned the song. But I want you just to hear this song by Danny Goki because it ties into that. The name of the song is You Just Haven't Seen It Yet. So I want you to hear this this morning. You can kill these live. You can put that up there. Put the words up there and play that song. Thank you, guys. Have you been praying? And you still have no answers. Have you been pouring out your heart for so many years? Have you been hoping? Changed by now. Have you cried all the faith you have through so many tears? Don't forget the things that he has done before. And remember, he can do it all once more. It's like the brightest sunrise. Waiting 
put that on, I just kind of like, yeah. That's me. Amen. I'm standing. I'm believing. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. and We're going to receive communion and pray. As they're coming back, I want you to hear this concerning communion this morning. And you're on your own to read the rest of the message. Praise the Lord. But I want you to hear this. Everything we're talking about is right back down here this morning. How do I know that I can trust God in His promises? Because you're about to partake and remember the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken and shed for you. Hold on just for a moment, guys, before you come prepare. God gave me this this week, and I wrote this down just for communion. It ties into everything we're talking about. To live our lives as God sees us takes real transformation and renewal to our perception of what life in Christ really means. Everybody has their own perception of what life in Christ really means. Because the value of life to God is not being preserved, but in being broken and poured out for others. The value of your life to God is not preserving it. But to get you to a place where you can be broken and poured out for others. That's the value of your life. We live in a world and are surrounded by a culture that is self-centrist. Where life is defined, defined by what we receive and take in for our own benefit and fulfillment. God defines life as being broken and poured out for others. In communion, the Lord illustrated what it means to live for God. He called his disciples and he says, I've longed to eat this Passover with you. And he takes bread, he breaks it. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood spilt and poured out for you. We are to be broken bread and poured out wine. Our lives broken and given to God and then to others. You see, God is working to break and crush what we seek to fill and preserve to crush the grape, to break the jar, to release through our lives the true fragrance and flow of worship. Think about this. The wheat for the flour to make the bread is sifted, crushed, redefined to make it into something new. The grapes for the wine are crushed to extract their juice and make them into something new. Their purpose is redefined. You see, sifting, crushing, pressing, squeezing are not comfortable words. But they are the words associated with redefined purpose if we want to receive the fullness of what we were created for. Our challenge is, is that we're all called to our own personal Gethsemane with God. And Gethsemane, there's not a Greek word for it. That is the Greek word, Gethsemane. It's a compound word, Gethsemane. It means the pressing place. Jesus went to the pressing place. And what did he pray? My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. And there his self-life was pressed out. He allowed himself to be broken and to be crushed. And the life of God to flow through him for you and I. We go through that same place. Think about it. Oswald Chambers said it like this. The word Gethsemane literally is defined as it means oil press. In the Greek. 
Chambers said it like this, God spilt the life of his son so that the world might be saved. Are we prepared to spill our lives for him? Amen. I believe this is the hour when God's waking up and you hear a lot about it, a remnant. I believe God's waking up a remnant church to be once again be spilt and to be poured out for God. I'm going to read this to you out of from the Passion Translation. It says this, but Jesus made a de- declaration about death and resurrection. And just as death has to precede resurrection, we have to die to ourselves in order to live for God. We serve a God who declares death and resurrection. That's what we rejoice in. We rejoice in the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because he was willing to do that. Listen to John chapter 12, verses 23 through 28. People are coming to see Jesus, and Jesus says this. He replied to them, Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will be never more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died. Everybody look up here. You're that one grain that God wants to bring a great harvest through. Are you doing okay? That one grain. Amen. The person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true joy and enjoy it forever. If you want to be my disciples, follow me. And you will go where I'm going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. Even though I'm torn within and my soul is in turmoil, I will not ask the Father to rescue me from this hour of trial. For I have come to fulfill my purpose to offer myself to God. So, Father, bring glory to your name. Then suddenly a booming voice was heard from the sky. I have glorified my name, and I will glorify it through you again. How many want to live to have God glorify his name through our life? Amen. Stand with me this morning as the ushers come. Come on, guys. Father, today we thank you. And we come humbly before you. Lord, we understand that we hold in our hands elements that represent the life of your Son. The elements that represent your love for us. That you loved us so much that you gave your life of your Son. His life spilt and poured out for us wounded broken and bruised for us that we might be redeemed and made whole so father today we humble ourselves and we repent lord of the areas that we know in each one of our hearts we thank you holy spirit you have speak you speak to us and you reveal to us areas where we need to change areas we need to address so Father we ask for your forgiveness this morning Lord we repent of casual viewpoints 
a casual walk, a complacent lifestyle, especially in this hour. Holy Spirit, stir fresh fire within us, fresh zeal, fresh passion, fresh purpose for this hour that you have us in. Lord, today we thank you because your word says that if we confess, if we repent, you're faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the blood of Jesus Christ is what does that for us. So, Father, today we hold in our hand an element that represents the body of your Son. The bread that says his life was broken for us. And, Lord, we know that you've done this. So as this we receive this, it reminds us that it is our personal sin that caused his life to be broken. It is my actions, not somebody else's that my Savior died for me, that this is a personal thing between you and me. So as we receive this bread this morning, we thank you and we are individually aware of your forgiveness, the brokenness of our Savior, and the wholeness that is now ours in Jesus' name. Would you receive the bread with me? Father, I thank you. We do not have to declare our own righteousness. We don't have to speak in our own defense. Lord, it is the blood that you shed that speaks on our behalf. It is the blood that covers us and makes us righteous. We add nothing to it. Your blood completely covers us. We are not seen. The only thing, Father, you see is the blood of your Son upon our life. We have no value. We have no righteousness. All we have is the blood. And the blood is enough. So we thank you, Father, today for the cleansing, the washing, the renewing of the blood. In Jesus' name. Would you receive with me?